0: Enrico Palazzo!
1: Palazzo! Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Welcome to episode 12 of the Hey, It's Enrico Balazzo Baseball Podcast. Christopher Deary is back as he updates Michael on his daily routine live from his bunker. Now here's your host, Chris and Mike. Take it away, boys! Hello everybody welcome to the hey it's enrico palazzo fantasy baseball podcast this is michael gobier guess who's back he's still alive from his bunker it's christopher deary what's up buddy
0: i'm i'm here i'm all hunkered down in the basement uh been uh stuck in this house here for two weeks i've uh, been able to get out in limited spurts but uh yeah it's been uh it's it's really sucked
1: <laughs> yeah it's been a total bummer i finding things to do past the time. We were talking about we've been working out a little bit, which is positive. You got the elliptical down there. That's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been great. I've been, I've been into the office since I think the 13th. Um, But yeah, getting motivation at home has been uh, very difficult. (laughs) Uh, I am still working from home, but it's, it's very difficult because everything is so, uh, so up in the air. So it's been, uh, it's been a real grind trying to find stuff to do, house projects and, uh, you know, Playing old baseball games, finished my uh, season of the show, so that was fun.
1: <laughs> wow. I, I started playing the show online, and I joined this league with uh, Brent from Exit Velocity Podcast and some other guys like uh, Mike and the guys that are on our Bases Loaded Network. First of all, yeah, we're uh, – hey, it's Rico Vlazzo Baseball Podcast. We're on the Bases Loaded Network. They're still alive, uh, but Mike and Jorge – George, not Jorge – it looks like Jorge, but it's George. Mike George and Zach and those guys are on this show league, and I've been playing online, and I hate it. It's garbage, man. It's, I've lost – I haven't won once. I've played like six times. Once I lost 23 to nothing, but other times I've lost five to four, like three times. It's just glitchy online. I don't think it's like it is in non-online play. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a baby, but
0: I've – I've always disliked online play. There's always this like – like se- one like half second lag that always seems yes. to like screw me up when I'm like hitting or pitching. So I've never, I've never done it. It's, it's pissed me off
1: since I played friggin' NFL 2k on dreamcast when they had the first modem and you could plug in on the dial up, which is God it must've been so bad. It was terrible, but the lag has never stopped in 20 years to me of online sports gaming, but yet you can play call of duty with like 64 guys in a map yeah. and it seems like it's perfect. I never thought about it that way. That makes, yeah, that's so ridiculous because I, I don't play
0: those other games. I play baseball and basketball and football. It's, it's ridiculous.
1: But that's the whole premise of most of those games now is the online play. And there's, it's flawless. Yeah. I I used to play it in 2008 ish. And it was, I'd shoot and someone would die. I was like, Oh, that works. But some reason I throw a pitch on the inside corner with like a two seamer and it and it doesn't release in time or slightly off. It's, it, it's everything in pitching. You're, you're, nibbling corners right yeah yeah
0: i mean i yeah thought
1: it's not the worst thing play play. in the world obviously but
0: <laughs> i haven't tried to play online in a, a long time but uh yeah I, I finished this season of the show from the 19 game uh 19 year i uh i started the season over christmas break i had that two-week break and uh when this you know kind of coronavirus shutdown happened i had 20 games left i ended up in a three-way tie for the al central <laughs> Ooh, wow. Yeah, real wild. So How did they figure that out? So the White Sox played the Indians. I don't know if it was like a coin flip or something. They played each other, and then the winner got to play me for the division. Hmm. So I played the White Sox, lost to the White Sox, so I lost the division. I was in the wild card game. I was down 3 nothing in the eighth inning, came back and won in 12, won the wild card. Beat the Red Sox. I was down 2-0, then I won four straight. Beat the or, uh, Down 2-0, then won three straight. Beat the Red Sox. Went up against the Astros in the ALCS. Won the first two
1: on the road.
0: And then I lost three of the next four. or four, oh. four, Then I lost four of the next five. And uh, I lost in seven.
1: Well, I'm sorry to hear that.
0: It was real disappointing, you know. Play for five yeah. months and for that to happen. <laughs> the funny thing was, is the Nationals... Beat the Dodgers in the NLCS and then the Nationals beat the Astros. So it happened exactly how last year happened. Whoa, weird. Yeah, so that That'd really blew
1: my mind. Man, you put all that effort in. You know, that's like real life. You know, imagine playing a real baseball season only to lose in a one off wild card game.
0: Yeah, that's I mean so painful. I waited probably three days to play that game. I was I was too nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! And then, there was even a part of me when I got to the ALCS that, like, when I got to the
1: last game, I just wanted it to be done so I could start the next season. Oh, <laughs> just
0: so I could start, just so I could start the offseason.
1: Yeah, it's always more fun, right? Free agency, yeah. trades, offseason—always much more fun.
0: But I haven't even started the next season. I, I, I think I'll take a break.
1: Well, it's good to have you back on, man. I know I did my uh, interview series for the last couple of weeks, which was fun. yeah, no,
0: great. Uh, just kind of uh, hearing some some of the guys that you had talked about for a while that was pretty cool
1: yeah those guys are all great steve zach mike uh enjoyed getting to know i thought steve is a he's an interesting guy i I really like talking to him obviously mike and zach are part of our network and i didn't do that just because they're part of the network but i thought we'd get to know them a bit and
0: no i think it's yeah i mean i wasn't kind of doing anything i was kind of out of commission here and then once you know once they made the decision for baseball it was i got real sad
1: (laughs) Yeah, you were very honest about that. I, You just kind of lost the spirit. And you know what? I I delayed on my loss of spirit because when we had that conversation about 10 days ago, I was like, oh, dude, come on, man. It's baseball. It'll be all right. And you were down the dumps, but I was good to go. But then a couple of days later, I was still doing this slow draft from like Raz Slam and finishing that up. And I was totally disinterested by the last like three, four rounds.
0: It's because of the unknown. If we knew something was happening May 1st, June 1st, there'd be there'd be more excitement. But it, there's, there's just so much unknown that it, it's really a downer.
1: Yeah, I didn't think it would be that big a deal to me. But it it was a delayed response. But now I understand. It. And I know that you uh, delayed our draft in the Knights downtown league once. And now you've done it again until end of April, which may be yeah. the game. So. so, we are going to be in... Well, we are not going to. Tomorrow, which is today is Sunday. Maybe this will come out tomorrow, which will be Monday. I don't know. Uh, we're doing uh, this Baseball Pods, at Baseball Pods on Twitter. This guy knows, like, everything about every fantasy baseball podcast. He's really quite knowledgeable. And he's made us a 13 seed in a bracket of 64, 64 fantasy baseball podcasts. Can you believe there's that many? And some were left out, apparently. There's more. Um, I can't believe that we even got to be a 13th seed. <laughs> Deary, what do you think are our chances? We're going up against the fantasy black book, which is a pod I'm familiar with, but I haven't honestly listened to a lot. So, but I do know that they have a lot more clout than we do. Do we have a chance?
0: Are those the guys from baseball reference? Do you know? Because I have – each year I subscribe – or I, I don't subscribe. I order this fantasy baseball black book from – baseball reference i don't know if it's guys front that work for baseball reference or not so uh if they are i mean i I imagine we're underdogs we're you know we're newbies to this we're still newborns we've only done what 12 13 pods here
1: oh we're definitely underdogs there's no doubt about it uh the fantasy black book Hmm. i'll have to find out it's uh it's by joe Pisapia. i don't know if that's the guy that's him that's him yeah i have two of his books upstairs Oh, we're totally going to lose then. <laughs> no, we can't. We're not going to beat the baseball reference guy. We all love baseball reference. I know. Yeah. Um, oh, man,
0: the book, the book a... is fun. He's got like projections over the next like three years. What I don't like about it is the projections are always like super, super low. Um, but it's cool. There's write-ups about a lot of players and uh, it has good comparisons. So, yeah, they're going to be a tough, uh, tough pod to take down for sure. I haven't listened to them, so maybe we should listen to them before uh, voting kicks off tomorrow.
1: Wow, we I feel like we're a sixteen seed now, we I mean, might as well be baseball <laughs> reference is like gold i I all hail baseball reference. I love baseball reference,, yeah, I spent hours on it yesterday. I was trying to not play video games right. It's probably been a huge distraction for so many people right now who can yeah. they can't work or can't go anywhere just jump i've I've jumped on it a few times. I was looking at um was i looking at I, was, I looked up somebody god i can't remember exactly who it was but i started looking at their stats and i looked at different years and then the next thing you know i'm up on like a nhl reference so you never oh, know yeah. switch sports
0: i was looking at the 1980 worlds or 81 world series 80 and 81 world series
1: yesterday oh yeah 80 <laughs> phillies won in 1980 tug mcgraw Ledger.
0: yeah it was, it, it's amazing how good those royals teams were uh in the late 70s and then in the 80s and you know, didn't win it until 85, but most of those guys were gone by then. So,
1: and they barely won it in 85. Don Deckinger. Yep. That, I mean, it's, they could have lost. I mean, they barely win that game, a bad call, but they still had to win game seven. And the Cardinals had just totally folded and they lost 11 to nothing. I think actually, uh, speaking of distractions, passing the time, I've been watching a lot of YouTube. You, I know you've been on uh, MLB Network watching classic games, and I've been on yeah. YouTube watching a bunch of, um, it was old Brian Kenny series, like uh reasons why someone wasn't actually responsible, and Don Dekinger was one of the episodes. there was five other yeah, yeah I've, I've seen I've seen that yeah it, it, it doesn't come down to him at all. no, they lost eleven to nothing in game seven. <laughs> they yeah. totally folded yeah. but we uh, baseball reference is a huge God, it's an icon, so hey, if you guys believe in upsets, start voting <laughs> for us on Monday. The voting I assume takes place through um, at baseball pods going to have a website or some type of link that'll start. So uh, give a at baseball pods a follow. They're awesome. At baseball pods, P O D S. He's a really cool person. Whoever he is, he gives a lot of support to baseball podcasts that don't have, um, you know, a huge name, a huge following. This is a really nice little thing that they didn't have to do it. So thank you very much for including us. Uh, I kind of like being a 13 seed. I always pick 13 seeds in the tournament. So, I don't know. I like it. I, I think it'll be a fun challenge.
0: It's crazy to see some of the other pods that are in there. There's some uh, some real heavy hitters for sure.
1: Uh, maybe we can start telling people we won the play-in game. <laughs> That's what uh, John said to me the other day. He's like, oh, it's better than being in the play-in game. I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> thrilled. I, I would have thought we would have been like a, a 15 or 16 seed. We've only been doing this for two months. So, I'm yeah, it, yeah, it's,
0: it's uh. The committee must have liked uh, – you must have had a really good showing uh, early on in the season or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I guess what we do, people appreciate, even though we're small-time. So, thank you very much for including us. You are correct. I mean, CBS Sports is like it's like the number one overall seed, possibly, the CBS Sports baseball uh, podcast. And then there's Sleeper in the Bus, of course, the ESPN Fantasy Focus with uh, Eric Carabell and Tristan Cockcroft. Yeah, there's a lot of huge – so many pod- – it just blows my mind that there's 64 of them. And then I saw other tweets where people were bummed they were left out. But he was trying to give balance because there's so many networks where there was kind of a repeat, if you will. There's multiple pods from yeah. the same network, and he didn't want to overload it. So,
0: yeah, no, I, was, I think he did it well by giving some love to the little guys, the, the, the
1: local teams. Absolutely. And the guys on our network are all in there. Uh, you know, Bases Loaded podcast is in there, and the Open Bar uh, podcast are a 10 seed. Bases Loaded is a six seed. And yeah, we're a- like
0: a. We're like the Big Ten Conference. We got a good representation
1: here. We do, yeah. SB Streamers in here. We got a a nice balance for the Bases Loaded Network. So, check out the dot com. We there's still content, even though nothing's going on. I mean, the we just had the deal that was um, reached the other day. That's like the big news between the collective uh, bargaining agreement people, the owners, and the players association. Uh, any comments on that, dearie? Did anything stand out to you, or? <laughs>
0: Uh, I was reading a little bit about it yesterday and then this morning. um, Yeah, I mean, if they could play 140 games and start, you know, right before June or June 1st, that'd be great. It's going to get real interesting if um, you go into November, possibly December with neutral site games. My thought is that they will probably start in June, but I don't, I'm not sure there'll be fans. No, I I think, I, I think it, we may, we may we may play a whole season without any fans, which just makes it so odd, which would be great because we'll be able to watch it from home. I don't go to many games either, but it's going to be really creepy and really eerie. Um, I think they said they're going to expand the rosters and have more double-headers. Um, I was thinking of an idea of doing some crazy just, like, two-month tournament with all the teams and playing series, but uh, I don't know how that would shake out. But, uh, I mean, in terms of fantasy, we, we, we need something here. So, uh I think Manfred even came out and said that there was only going to be like five rounds of the draft. I don't know if that
1: makes any sense um, or if it even matters. Um, I think you are. The one thing you're totally correct about is there will be no fans. Whenever they start back up and I'm hoping for mid-May, I'm still going to stittle on mid-May. No fans for sure. There will be no fans no matter when they start. But (laughs) anything that happens beyond that is a bonus. But I think more importantly, if people are stuck at home, having a sport to watch and play, despite it being a you know uncomfortable for LeBron James to have no fans. I mean I'm sure people will get over it. They'll start playing the sport they'd love to play because it gives them something to do.
0: I mean it could be a big boom for baseball if there's really if people are still at home and can't really do much and you have a ton of people maybe still out of work and start watching baseball again. Exactly uh, I, think, I think what's real interesting is let's say there is no season. Mookie Betts might never play one uh inning for the Dodgers
1: yeah that's never they're gonna be a season that's the one thing I want to shut down people are like there might not be a season I guarantee it there's gonna be a season there's too much money at stake uh, they'll play with no fans but there will they'll play in neutral sites they'll play a warm areas later in the year there's gonna be a season I agree
0: I agree I the, the players a- want it so bad Tony Clark's doing everything he can to to come to agreements with with Manfred and you know his whole team so Yeah, whether it's uh, mid-May. Mid-May is optimistic, in my opinion, but I I think that'd be great.
1: You can still get 140 games in, maybe. Well, this is where some of the drafts that have been done, and there's been a lot of drafts that were completed already. You're talking doubleheaders. We're talking rotations that will be affected. The 26-man roster that was supposed to start this year could be more pitcher-focused because they might need another guy up. And then when you play doubleheaders, I believe you you can go – this is where I don't know the answer to this. Can you go to twenty-seven? Because remember you used to have an extra guy uh the previous years during double headers, you could bring somebody up. And I wonder if that means can they go from twenty-six to twenty-seven now? Or if it's just twenty-six no matter what?
0: I think they should go to twenty-seven no matter what, whether there is doubleheaders or not. You just have twenty-seven on your roster.
1: I agree. If you gotta have if you gotta expand your pitching rotation in a given week and play eight games at least, that's gonna be a taxing Kind of a you know throwback to the old days of what starting pitching rotations used to be like. It's not what rotations are today. So I don't know. I, I think this is going to be fun, though. I kind of like the unorthodox and unknown aspect of this. I know everything sucks, and coronavirus sucks, and our lives are in upheaval, and it's all bogus. That goes without saying, but I can still be excited about something. I think it
0: could be. I think it. I mean, I think it could be real fun. I mean, they did talk about expanding the playoffs as kind of a, you know, test try this year because they talked about going to fourteen teams a couple years down the road, maybe trying it this year. Um, yeah. So my question for you is, how many games do you think they need to play for it to feel like a real sufficient baseball season to get a champion?
1: Uh, to me, it's got to be one hundred and twenty. Okay, that's the minimum.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I was kind of leaning towards. I think anything below anything below 120 is just yeah, it, it would feel weird.
1: Yeah, 100 games is fair. I mean, I guess I'll have to live with it, but it seems a little light because it's just more than half a season, really. Yeah, yeah, 120. I'll take. I could live with that. But really, I'll live with any baseball I get because, you know, I was talking to somebody about that about a week ago. I am so I'll be so grateful when baseball is back and I can really cherish just watching the game again and thanking my lucky stars that we got stats to look at and analyze. It's going to be, I'll have a greater appreciation for this. And I know it sounds like a starry eyed optimism, but when you don't have it and life is going through an unheard of unknown world that we're currently living in, I'm going to be grateful for it. I really will. Thank you. Baseball. Please
0: come back. Well, it'd be crazy. Let's say they go to November, possibly December, and then uh, they get, what, a, a month and a half off, and then pitchers and catchers report again.
1: <laughs> yeah, and hey, we're back to it. Uh, the neutral site playoff games will be interesting in warm weather areas. That changes the dynamic. Although I've always believed baseball, a lot of people win on the road. A lot of teams win playoff road games. I don't know if it has such an impact like other sports crowds do. Um, I'm not sure what you think of that, but. You know, I, 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 Christina and I were talking
0: about this yesterday, uh, yesterday, and I was just like, yeah, and you know, neutral site playoff games going to play in domes or warm weather. And Christina's like, oh, you'll hate that. I'm like, why? She's like, cause you're always a proponent of home field mattering so much. I'm like, that in baseball, I don't believe that at all in baseball. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's hockey or football, um, basketball to an extent, but not baseball. I don't think it matters that much in baseball, unless you're the
1: Astros. Uh, that's true. That's a good one. I don't know if these expensive playoff games, they're kind of priced out typical people, and they become they become very corporate events. I mean, the Super Bowl is the definition of the most corporate event where there's hardly any real fans that go to that. So I think that's one of the small problems with these big you know game sevens alcs world series they price out real hardcore fans and then you end up with these kind of people who are into it they'll 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 say things the crowd will get going but it doesn't have that fervor like the okay so there was there was a blue jays game about five years ago remember when jose bautista did the bat flip speaking of some classic games yeah uh, when andrews made two or three errors and then they took the lead against the rangers and that was awesome. That was like a unique moment where a crowd went apeshit. They were so fired up. But that's like an anomaly. You don't see that often anymore.
0: I don't I don't feel it when I watch some of these playoff games the last few years. I don't feel like you have enough of the common man in the stadium. It's like what you said. Yeah, there's tons of money or people that can afford to go to those games. And uh, and are big baseball fans, but it's not 95% of the people in there.
1: Yeah, I would love to see that, but it's – Probably just going to fade away as more as time goes on because money rules the day and everybody knows it. We're not going to live in a denial. That's why there will be a season though, because money rules the day. So yeah, we'll see how the season goes. It's going to happen. Lock it in. I don't know anything. I'm just a guy sitting at a dining room table as always. And Deary's in his bunker and he's not making any crazy proclamations. You think June ish, or You really don't want to say. I think June
0: 1st without fans. Is doable. Okay. No, I mean, another thing is, is when do baseball operations start up? I mean, they're going to have to pl- have some type of preseason, right?
1: That's a great point because they got most of spring training done, but you, if the complexes are closed, right? Yes. There's no the, – the, the the starting pitchers have to ramp up. So, you're right. There has to be a period of, I don't know, two to three weeks minimum where they can ramp up a little bit or – I mean, a lot, what's been interesting is, you know, some of these teams are sending players
0: down to the minors. So, you know, when we, we get maybe two, three weeks out, they're going to know their, their roster that they're going north with. And then maybe it's, they're just playing exhibition games for a couple weeks, mainly just for the pitchers to get their arms in order. And then, and then you start. It'll be really interesting because it'll – I think once the season does start, I'm not sure how many pitches these guys are going to be starting in those first, first few weeks. I don't
1: I don't know. Well, you bring up another good point with the minor leagues. They did not resolve, as far as I know, contracting minor league teams. Remember that whole deal? Correct. That's still hanging around. And the minor league players aren't being paid right now. And there's, I've seen GoFundMes and things on Twitter where people are trying. Adam Wainwright donated $250,000 to help take care of like minor league players just to give them money to survive right now because they're not getting anything. Yeah, How I mean, sad is
0: that that the major league players of these organizations are giving up their money to take care of the minor league players? It's so – it's a it's real bad look.
1: Yeah, that's a tough look uh, for a lot of our guys. Owners are scumbags. We already know that. And this situation just proves more of it when guys like Zion Williamson or Adam Wainwright are stepping up to the plate before owners are, multi-billionaires. Ugh. Anyways. We'll see what happens when baseball comes back. But I'm excited for the season to start whenever it is. And whenever it does start, me and Deary will be here. We'll be talking baseball. We'll be talking stats. We'll be talking big moments from the the week that was. It's going to happen eventually. I know it seems impossible or very unlikely right now. But uh, I'm excited for the future. And we're really excited to be a part of, in the meantime, of silly distractions like this uh, fantasy baseball podcast bracketology thing. So... The voting starts Monday. Vote for us. We're 13th seed in the Trout region. Don't forget to vote for the rest of our podcast, Bases Loaded Network, Bases Loaded Podcast, SP Streamer, and Open Bar Podcast, all in this tournament. So give our guys some love, and uh, thanks for following us on Twitter. Uh, Deary, any final comments from the bunker? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, hopefully we can keep talking and uh, at least putting out some type of content uh, weekly. I don't know. We're gonna be talking fantasy, if we're just gonna talk baseball, entertainment, uh, who knows? It's all on the table. So if you guys wanna want us to chat hear us chat about something, tweet at us, uh send us a message, email. Maybe we can just do some email bag questions. Uh but yeah, I mean if if we're gonna be able to get through April and in most of May, uh we're gonna have to be at least uh talking and sending something out there to the world.
1: Oh man, that's a real bummer. April <laughs> and May. It's We haven't
0: even gotten to April yet. It's it's not Uh, even April 4th. Yeah,
1: Yeah, well, you can always hit us up at Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter. And then, of course, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com, two L's, two Z's. Before we go, there was the viral thing on Twitter yesterday where people were saying the four players that they – you had to pick four players because there's always a parameter to make it more difficult. Four players that really impacted you were guys that you just – you look back as like four guys that made a difference in your fantasy baseball fandom or just your baseball fandom. Jerry, uh, do you remember the four guys you picked? Uh, Ted Williams. Ted Williams? Yeah,
0: so I, so I had Ted Williams. Uh, I wore number nine all through high school because of Ted Williams. I had this fascination with Ted Williams when I was a kid. And I was actually a Red Sox fan for quite, quite a while, uh, all because of Ted Williams, even though he was way before my time and we were, what, 18, 19 when he died or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I just – I loved watching old videos of him. So, I had, I had Williams on there. Um, I had Kirk Gibson on there. And the reason I had Kirk Gibson on there is not because of his stint with the Tigers. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it was a beloved part of my life. I, I did watch Game uh, 5 of the 84 series on YouTube the other day. I a yeah. huge home runs. He doesn't uh, want to walk him. But my, one of my favorite baseball memories, and it's not just it, – you know, and it's been played over and over, is the 88 series against the A's. I mean, it's, you know, the home run. Can't believe what I just saw. But it's such a vivid baseball memory to me because I remember being in the front room watching the game by myself going through my 1987 baseball cards. I, I vividly remember this. So every time I watch that, it's, it has a very special place in my heart uh who else oh i had greg maddox on there um i was a big braves fan in the 90s specifically a maddox fan because he didn't throw really hard and i was a pitcher and i didn't really throw really hard so I, I tried to pitch like him obviously he was uh had better stuff than i did but uh yeah i i, I loved watching maddox i don't know who my fourth guy who was my fourth guy uh
1: was it ken griffey jr
0: it was yeah ken griffey jr so i mean that's just like the heyday of baseball for me being you know 10 to 20 and you know just watching Griffey every night on uh espn uh just watching the highlights uh you know him always chasing for 60 home runs and uh i also watched the uh what was it the 90 what was the year was it 95 95 uh yankees mariners game is that 95 yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i watched that uh yeah because then the indians went to the world series and lost the Braves. uh they replayed that one that was a unbelievable game edgar martinez was absurd in that playoff but uh yeah griffey had a huge home run in in that uh,
1: game five as well
0: yeah those are my cool what about you mike you had you had uh, jeff Tramp? no you had whitaker right
1: oh yeah well yeah i'll talk about mine but i wanted to mention real quick griffey uh, he did he truly could do everything on the field truly before he got hurt and this goes to a point i was thinking about i really can never let things like this go. When his injuries started to creep up, like, in 2000, and he just kept getting hurt every year when he was at the Reds, it was such a bummer. It takes something out of, like, the joy of our overall lives. I know that sounds a bit extreme considering yeah. what we're going through, but these, this correlates to something I watched. I told you I watched the Russian Five documentary the other day about the Red Wings. Yeah, and, Wings. Yeah, you know, Sergei Fedorov, Igor Larionov, Slava Fetisov, Slava Kozlov. And, of course, Vladimir Konstantinov. These guys all came through, were on the Red Army team in Russia, and they broke the lines, defected, and ended up winning Stanley Cup with Detroit in 1997. And then, like, a couple of days after they won the Cup was the tragic limo accident where Vladimir Konstantinov basically became a child. He's a He became a child because his brain injury was so horrific. He could never play, obviously. He could hardly even be who he was. You know, he was just... It was so devastating. Things like that, these moments that take away, they just take a little bit away from what we have as a collective group in society or in our regions. And it's just never the same after something like that happens. And I just think about that a lot. It it was a real bummer. Like Michael J. Fox getting Parkinson's. He was so fun. He was such a great actor. He, He brought us a lot of joy. And then, I mean, he's obviously a very positive figure now for people with Parkinson's. But, you know, it just takes something away. That's how I feel about that. Stuff. No, I, I I hear you. I haven't, I haven't
0: watched the the Russian five doc yet. Uh, I'll probably check it out here in the next couple of days. Um, yeah. I mean, Griffey, like, I don't even remember his time with the reds. I don't know what, it's so weird because he was there a while too, but it's just, I think. my Everything was just so deflated once he went there and he, and he was injured and I don't think there's any other player in the league that, uh, I mean, we were teenagers then.
1: I, don't, I didn't know anyone that hated Griffey. Everybody loved Griffey. Yep, absolutely. The, what, what was there to hate about him? He enjoyed the game. He played it hard. He did everything well. Home run speed, feeling, gold gloves. Uh, he was. It was kind of like just an energetic ball of excitement watching him play. That swing, the one-handed, wee. You know, it was so beautiful to watch. And he should have been the true home run king today, not Barry Bonds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, I believe he would have been. I don't think it's a matter of belief. It was just a matter of staying healthy, and he would have happened. Because he played till, even despite all the injuries, he was playing with the White Sox in 2008 still. So he was playing. He, he
0: still played almost, what, 19, 20 years?
1: Yeah. And he was barely hanging out when he finally gave up in 2009. So that was a bummer. But that's a great choice, dearie. So as far as the four baseball players who meant a lot in my life, it's hard to choose. And initially, I rushed it. I should have slowed down because I did make a change right after i posted it because i was bitter (laughs) i want it to truly reflect me so lou Whitaker's no doubt i love lou Whitaker. i love second base i loved his little shimmy when he'd do his like practice swing where he'd wind the bat once or twice and he'd like wiggle his butt (laughs) yeah i love that it was and he was a great second baseman he wore number one he was very low-key he was chill he was a guy i always try to get his autograph from i would send my baseball card into him with a friend of mine when we were younger we'd sit there and collect baseball cards and then send them out to try to get them signed by the real players. And the only one who ever sent it back to me was Lou Whitaker. It might've been fake, but he sent it back. If someone sent it back, yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. And that stuck with me. And then uh, Kurt flood is a guy that he did so much and he sacrificed so much for the greater good of the baseball players in the game with the free agency thing. That means a lot to me, you know, challenging the reserve clause. I think uh, Kurt flood should be up there along with Jackie Robinson in terms of like heroes of the game. It changed so, baseball for sure. Yeah. That's a no doubter. It's, it, I mean, it, I mean, it kind of changed all sports in the end. Kurt it some, yeah, he, it's a sad story. Like, cause he didn't get to play as much. He was blackballed and then he finally got to play, but it was, it was later in his career. It's, It's a greater sacrifice. Marvin Miller gets a lot of credit because he's the guy who led the players union, but it's Kurt Flood who made the true sacrifice of his own career. So I respect, I respect that immensely. Yeah, Uh, that was a
0: good, that was a good, that was a good choice. I know you've talked about flood a lot before. Um,
1: I hate the Cardinals. So it's not about the Cardinals or, you know, that. I mean, in Ken Burns baseball documentary, they talk a ton about Kurt Flood
0: and uh, yeah, that, that, that whole three hour episode where they talk about flood, you know, the whole reserve clause for about an hour. is really great.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of the whole uh, documentary. And then I put Kirk Gibson in like you did because of the home run, not the bless you boys, 84 home run, but because of the Dodgers home run. But then I realized that I wanted to put Cecil Fielder in because Cecil Fielder was really someone who meant a lot more to me in like my daily fandom. And when he hit 50 home runs, he hit 51 in 1990, that chase, and that experience, I saw him hit a couple home runs that season at Tiger Stadium in pursuit of that uh, my tenth birthday, which is a birthday we share. So I don't know what you were doing in 1990 on your tenth birthday, but I went to the Tigers game that day, and that was awesome. And he hit a home run. So that was yeah. Super-
0: that chase for fifty. I mean, you said it. We were we we're ten years old, turning ten that August. Uh, that's probably like the first time I was really following baseball on like a day to day basis. Yeah. Uh, and I remember going to bed and like listening to the Tiger games and listening specifically like the late games um listening to them on the radio and uh I remember when he hit 50. It was uh I remember when he got traded. Uh was it the next year or 2 years later?
1: Uh he didn't get traded till uh, the Three Yankees in 96 Nin- 95. He played there through 94ish 95. I think okay. he got traded in 95 the Yankees lost and then they won in 96. Correct. Yeah. Um but he had the 50 home run season, but it got drowned out because of the damn steroid era that just exploded a couple of years after that. So it made yeah. it look like, oh, that's boring. It was such so, a huge deal when it happened. I mean, he yeah, was the first guy since George Foster in 77 to do it.
0: Okay. Yeah, that was the question I was gonna ask you.
1: Yeah, so that was 90, like the huge and then who was
0: the next one? Like how many years later? Three, four years later, like a Juan Gonzalez
1: or something? I wanna say technically that could be wrong about this, but maybe Brady Anderson when he had well, that. Is it Brady Anderson? Was that 94? that was in 95 or 96 I want to say but it could have happened before that because it just I mean 94 there was no 50 home runs there definitely would have been a 50 home run season in 94 but it got canceled so I think it was Brady Anderson after that who set the tone and then the it just gets so hazy because everybody started hitting bombs it was no fun anymore so I don't know yeah I don't care it bums me out it still bums me out people say who cares the owners were complicit yes the owners were complicit but The whole thing was a complicit disaster and it bums me out. Albert Bell hit 50 in 95. There it is. Okay. And then Brady Anderson was 96. Yeah. Brady Anderson
0: was 96. I'm looking up right now. McGuire hit 52 in 96. So I think it was Albert
1: Bell was the next. Okay. There it is. So Albert Bell started it and then, yeah, it all exploded from there. We all know what happened next. But, um, so yeah, Cecil Fielder meant a lot to me. I had the, um, The Detroit Free Press special commemorative, dedicated like uh, you know all the number everybody used to have like the not bad boys and sweet repeat all the front page sports, headline Free Press things or Detroit News things. I had the Cecil Fielder commemorative one hanging in my uh, bedroom all through the '90s, and even when I left and went to college and failed out, all those times (laughs) I had that thing for a long time until somebody smashed it on. One drunken night, but it—I really treasured. Uh, Cecil Fielder deserves credit. I just want to give him credit. I guess he was a scumbag, and because Prince Fielder says he was a dirt bag, but you know. he was a bad father. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of bad fathers out there. I understand it's not easy, but uh, I'm just going to focus on his baseball enjoyment that he brought me. So I would rather have him than Kirk Gibson, even though Kirk Gibson's home run in '88 alone is like to me the greatest moment in baseball history. But Yeah. <laughs> and then lastly. So, it's uh, Whitaker, Fielder, Flood, and then Robert Fick, which... <laughs> Why Rob Fick, of all people? Don't even tell me the the
0: last home run at Tiger Stadium.
1: It was, because I was there. Okay. And it was, like, I was sitting over there off the right field foul pole on the foul Oh, you were, you were there.
0: I didn't know you were there.
1: Yeah, I was I was there, and it was in the eighth inning. He hit a grand slam in the last yeah. game at Tiger Stadium in September of 99. And uh, I, saw it, I saw it come right past me. Like, I could see it, and it was so exciting. And I, there was... There was no playoff chase. There was nothing at stake. It's such a rare moment to be a part of because it was just about the joy of appreciating baseball, which is not normal. (laughs) So, yeah, I put Robert Fick in there, even though otherwise he means nothing to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think the Tigers got in a couple good brawls with that team, and I think he popped a couple guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, (laughs) that's what Fick is known for is that, uh, that Grand Slam at Old Tiger Stadium.
1: Yep. So, yeah, that's my four, uh, mostly Tiger-focused. And, uh, you know, it's kind of showed me that either it's because I was younger or the transfer to Comerica Park is just not as much a part of me, maybe because I've gotten older and disconnected. I don't know. But it's all – all the guys I picked are from guys who played at, you know, Tiger Stadium.
0: It's the memories of being a little kid. That's what it is. Because, I mean, I was thinking about this too, and I was just like, Wait a minute, we just had this really great 10 year run with the Tigers, and I'm not picking Cabrera or Verlander or I was a huge Carlos Guillen fan. Um, yeah, I really guys none, none of those guys, even though I was so invested into that team. Marcus Tibbs. There you go. Yeah, but it went back to, you know, when I first started getting into baseball and reading baseball books, Ted Williams and watching baseball with the, the Braves in the 90s and you know, the Gibby home run in 88. And then when I, you know, became the massive baseball fan, it was, you know, during the Ken Griffey junior age. So uh, yeah, but I guess nothing in the last 20 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. No, well, there's just something, it's about music too. You could apply this to a lot of things. When you get older, you can never replicate the moment where you connected on such a first time, deep, unique level. You heard of album for the first time. And then you're going through things for the first time that cannot be replicated. No matter what you try to do as you get older, it's just, I think it's just a fact of living in our, the way our society is and how we are raised.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah.
1: So yeah. uh, If you guys want to share the four baseball players who meant a lot to you in your life, uh, you're welcome to email us at Palazzo podcast, two L's, two Z's at protonmail.com or tweet at us on Palazzo podcast. We'd uh, love to get your feedback. This thing went on all day yesterday on Twitter. I got like 80,000 notifications because it kept – instead of being retweeted, it just kept being added on to. It was really annoying. But uh, uh, a lot of people chimed in. They love sharing their baseball players because they have nothing to do right now. Yeah, I was following it
0: after you uh, tweeted out to me. And, uh, yeah, I was following everybody's picks. And uh, it was interesting to see. There was a couple Barry Bonds on there. I was like, Jesus.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I'd like to get an
0: explanation.
1: One of them was – look at the – here's the latest one I just saw. Ryan Friel, Juan Pierre, Brandon Phillips.
0: (laughs) Pokey Reese. So we're just talking Cincinnati Reds here?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess that guy is a diehard Reds fan. It's just funny that some of these names that pop up that I'm like, oh, I remember that because there are so many lost names to history in baseball.
0: No, we should do like uh, the four
1: most hated guys in your life. <laughs> oh boy! Well, dearie, during this difficult time, we're trying to focus on the positive. Oh, unity! Okay. Yeah, unity. Who are you calling a bitch, Queen Latifah? Okay, well, that's it for our pod. Uh, I think that's it, right? We're we're good. Yeah, we can wrap
0: it up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about something next week.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, we'll do another pod uh, this coming week. We'll talk about something. We'll find some way to pass the time. If you listen to us, we really appreciate it. And if you're bored right now, email us something. You know, give us some information. Tell us a story. We'll read it on the show, and maybe we could, you know, jumpstart some type of conversation. We're looking for anything right now. We're desperate for material. We freely admit that. I'm Michael Govier. This has been the Hey, It's a Rico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. Christopher. Uh, good luck to you and Christina. You guys hang in there, all right?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I got some projects today. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna tile the bathroom in the basement. So,
1: yay!
0: And I'm sure all I'll right. fuck it. So.
1: All right. Well, I don't know what I'll do. I got to drive to Grand Rapids tomorrow for work. Uh, but that's it. So. It's okay. A quick trip. I'll get in, get out, drop off some uniforms, and then I'll be back here, uh, wondering what it all means. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.